We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And now you're listening to Perkins and Spiegel on 670 to score. Excited to talk to Andrew Benintendi at 315. Going to start to feel a little bit like baseball season, man. We had Joe Kelly yesterday, Benintendi coming up in a few minutes, and we will be at Cubs convention. On Friday. Live at the Cubs convention right here. This show on Friday. Already talking about how best to utilize our outstanding producers on a day when the Cubs will be having a social gathering in the afternoon at the same time. There's a a red carpet thing that's going on. Then at night, it's the Ryan Dempster off the mound extravaganza. And on Saturday, panels wall to wall. It's, uh, yeah, Cub convention is, is here. The White Sox not doing one. Right? I heard they're not doing one. Okay, yeah, it came up too. Yeah, they're not well. they're not doing one. That's too bad. But we'll talk to Andrew Benintendi, as you mentioned, in about ten minutes. Uh, speaking of the wall to wall panels, yeah, man, this guy over here, big corporate panel guy, <laughs> long time, long time panel host. You know Just me. Gave it to myself. <laughs> That's exciting. You, you are you are the master of ceremonies. Of the the business panel, Is the that bus- right? the business operations update. Yeah, two o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. Crane Kenny, David Cromwell. Colin Faulkner, uh, all there on that panel. So, what yeah. is the update on the business operations? I'll, you know, I'll tell you then. Um, I'll, okay, I, I, that'd be a good time to tune in. Right there. I believe it's going to be part of Marquis' unprecedented coverage. Um, that well, how will- about that? I don't know if you guys have you know this, but a regional sports network has quite literally, by definition, yeah. never covered a fan convention before. I, I believe it's the volume of coverage that's unprecedented. Unprecedented. Yeah. It's never happened before. I don't believe the concept of coverage is unprecedented. It's <laughs> the volume and style and depth and breadth Vol- and width. Mostly the volume. Yeah, mostly the volume. Mostly the volume yeah. uh, uh, of coverage. But um, yeah, man, baseball anything else season. going on in your life Saturday? Saturday? No. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, it's hell week. It's hell week for your boy. Stop calling the the birthday of your wife and son hell week. <laughs> I do Stop think it. It, it's kind of crazy, though, that his wife and son have the same birthday. The same birthday, man. And that you're hosting a panel with Crane Kenny on 
on their birthday. And the panel's on at like 9 in the morning. The panel's at 2 in the afternoon. That really takes up the whole day. It really destroys the whole day. Yeah. That's right. So I'm I'm playing catch-up all week long. That's why there's leftover birthday cake here, and I just ordered another one for Friday night. You know? So if you see Speaks at Cubs convention on Saturday, be sure to give him his husband and dad of the year trophy. (laughs) (laughs) That is spectacular, man. That's very exciting. You know, I love you both. I'm so glad that I have you all in my life, and your birthdays mean a lot to me. So what do the concert series mean at Wrigley for the bottom line for baseball operations? I've been dying to know. I've been dying to know about the 1914 club's impact on the bottom line. Danny, sometimes in a marriage... um, <laughs> you make concessions. You talk to each other. You make uh, you figure things out. I'll celebrate your birthday the night before and the morning after, and also Monday sometimes, and the rest of the month. Sometimes in a marriage, you talk to each other. Other times in a marriage, you talk to Colin Faulkner on a panel. <laughs> Sometimes, as a father, you really care for your son on his birthday. And other times, you bring him to the convention. Hope he enjoys the business operations panel. Other times, you introduce him to Clark the Cub. (laughs) Ruben, not a big fan. Not a big fan of Clark. Of Clark? Oh, I can see that. Horrified early on. Yeah. That's just, woo. Yeah, he's got to put on pants. Doesn't make any sense. Although, Clark, big fan of ours. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, he's... It's P1. Huge fan of the show. He's locked in. Yeah. Uh, you said that David Ross is winning the offseason. Oh, my God, dude. It, it's Steve Greenberg's article in the Sun-Times about David Ross's offseason. Yeah. Includes, like, uh, tales of, uh, obviously, uh, a long time spent with his three kids and supporting his kids in their athletic endeavors, but also staying up late watching movies and playing card games with them. Then he went, like, skiing with his agents which seemed fun the way and and then he went to John Lester's retirement party which was at John Lester's ranch along with a whole bunch of world series pals from Boston days and Chicago days alike and there was a whole list there in the sun times and a, and a picture that Ross had shared uh, to Greenberg showing like yeah, Schwarber and Dustin Pedroia and John Lackey, of course, and all these guys all hanging out together. But just and, and in between, Ross was helping to close the deals with Dansby Swanson and Jamison Tyon and Tucker Barnhart and stuff like that. But David Ross seemed like he had a very good offseason and is now his words to Steve Greenberg were now it's go time. Now it's go time. And Ross is he, he thinks that they're going to contend for a division. He thinks that they are built to contend for a division. Even, and that's going to be one of the things we'll talk about, I'm sure, a lot on Friday. Even if they don't think that, they have to say it. Even if those words do come back to bite them, they need to project confidence and optimism. It's been too many years since Cubs fans have gone into an opening day with real expectations for the team. You know, there's always, like, hope springs eternal, and it's exciting when baseball season comes around and all of that stuff. Uh-huh. But in terms of, like, no, we can win. We can win 90 games. We can win a division. We can get in the playoffs, and then when you get in the playoffs, anything can happen, even if they don't really believe it. I don't think that they need to, like, say that this is the best version of a team that they're going to see for a while, mm-hmm. but I do think they need to project confidence. We will talk more about that on Friday. I've got a, a lot of thoughts. Ross is that guy. He's always been that confident guy, but I think this is 
It, it's real easy to say that and believe that uh, going into this year. We'll talk about it on Friday. Looking forward to it. Boomer Esiason will join us in 30 minutes. But coming up next, we're very excited uh, to get to know the newest member of the White Sox. He signed the biggest contract in franchise history. Instantly made the team better. White Sox fans are very happy when he signed. Andrew Benintendi. Next on The Score. It's now time to meet the all-star team, starting with the American League. From the Kansas City Royals, Andrew Benintendi. His profile, both offensively and defensively, a guy who obviously not just left-handed, but gives you a tough A-B, can grind it out, and as well as improve ourselves from an outfield defense standpoint. Runners will be off with a crack of the bat with two outs. Kimbrell deals, Bregman in the air, left field. Benintendi dives, and he makes the catch! Oh, what a play! Game saver, Andrew Benintendi. Benintendi, right side, base hit. One to nothing, Boston in the first. Here's a fly ball into left. It's going to fall for a base hit. Pops it up, left side. A four-hit night in game one of the World Series for young Andrew Benintendi. Red Sox win the World Series. And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. It wasn't until the second interview with Kenny and Rick that one of them mentioned, hey, what are your thoughts on Andrew Benintendi? And I'm like, okay, you mentioned it, not me. So now let me talk about him. So he fits perfect in this ball club. Benny! Oh, Mocha Benny! In the right field seats. And that's raining. Benny's from heaven. I've waited over, uh, I believe, seven and a half years to officially welcome him to the organization, given how highly we regarded him when he was at the University of Arkansas. So, better late than never. The Parkins and Spiegel Show, afternoons on The Score. We are thrilled to be joined by the newest member of the Chicago White Sox, Andrew Benintendi, on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Andrew, thanks so much for the time, man. How are you doing today? Good. How y'all doing? We're doing very, very well. Uh, back-to-back White Sox on the show, uh, actually. We had uh, we had your old buddy Joe Kelly on yesterday. Uh, yeah. And uh, texters of the show right now are already like setting the over-under for a number of times you're going to curse. Because the first time we had Joe on, he cursed nine times in studio for an hour. It was only twice yesterday, though. So we're, we're moving in the right direction. That's right. You never know what he's going to say. <laughs> I, I, I would imagine you you know a lot of guys on this White Sox team, right? I mean, I feel like there's a lot of old buddies of yours here. Yeah, you know, I played with Joe, uh, Moncada, uh, a little bit with Kopech in the minors. So, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with a few guys. Yeah, you came up with Kopech and Moncada and and Mookie Betts. I mean, that must have been some some heady times. What do you what do you remember about Kopech, the young fireballer? He was blowing people away, wasn't he, Andrew? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I remember the first time I met him. I mean, he, he looks like he's an enormous human being, first of all. And, um, you know, he's got an electric right arm. So, uh, yeah, meeting him for the first time, I mean, he definitely took me by surprise at how big he was. You, uh, We played it in that introduction there. You know, Rick Hahn talking about it had been seven and a half years until he could introduce you. And then you said uh, it's nice to be somewhere where you were wanted. How big of a deal was that in why, why you chose the White Sox? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, what I meant by that, too, is, like, they were on me from day one of the offseason, um, you know, keep, keeping um, constant, you know, communication and going back and forth. So, um, you know, and that, that kind of goes a long way with me. So, uh, 
you know, at, at that point, you know, the decision was pretty clear. Um, so I'm ex- extremely excited to be here and uh, can't wait to get it going. Yeah, you know, in New York, some people thought, oh, that he's throwing shade at the Yankees. But I wonder if in Kansas City, some people thought you're throwing shade at the Royals. And if in Boston, they thought you're throwing shade, like people will just take that any sort of way. Right, Andrew? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think if people that know me know, you know, I'm a pretty just relaxed, laid back guy. And, you know, I'm never trying to take jabs at anybody, but um, definitely not what I meant by that. But, you know, can't control uh, what people think, you know. What was that experience like for all those years in Boston to end up getting traded from there after you were the number seven overall pick? Like it, it's a long time to spend there and it coincides with you growing up and maturing. You probably have learned a lot in your life and baseball career. And now you find yourself someplace new. It's uh, t- tell us some of the stuff you learned along the way. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, getting traded, something you don't necessarily think about. Um, and, you know, I think at that time it was a good change of scenery, um, you know, kind of just, start something fresh. Um, Yeah. And then going from there to New York, same kind of deal. Then obviously coming here. Um, I think obviously the, the more you play, the the higher the chances of, you know, bouncing around um, at least one time. So um, I've been fortunate to make a lot of good friends and I've kind of gone into every single one with an open mind and um, just try to make the most of it and, and win baseball games. And that's what it comes down to. You know, we've heard about these like free agent recruiting stories you said they were in, interested and involved from from the day from day one of free agency how how did they how did they pitch you how did they how did they make you feel wanted no I think it was just um you know obviously having Petey there I'm playing with him in Kansas City uh two years before um you know Griefall and uh you know having that kind of connection between me and the, the team um definitely helped um yeah but I mean the, the conversations were great throughout the entire process and they were extremely patient. Um, so I honestly, I couldn't have, uh, you know, picked a better suitor and um, I'm excited to be here. You referenced uh, Petey, Pedro Grafal. Tell, tell us uh, about him as a leader, as a, as a motivator. There's a lot on his shoulders. We've liked him a lot. Got a chance to talk to him. What, what do you like about him? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm uh, a broken record here, but, um, you know, obviously spent some time with him in Kansas City. Um, got to see how, you know, he goes about his day-to-day, you know, plan, um, preparation. Um, it's something that, you know, I think is definitely going to benefit, you know, the, the, this team in Chicago. Um, not saying that it wasn't like that before, but just the, the way that I knew that he, you know, worked his days. And um, definitely knows how to keep it light, keep it fun. Um, great guy to be around. So excited to keep playing for him. How does he hold players accountable? No, I think you just just show up, do your work. Um, as long as you do your work and play hard, um, I mean, it's it's all you can really control as a player. Um, you know, the rest is you know just go out and play. And you know, the more you you show up, you do what you need to do, prepare yourself for the game, and then go play. And as long as you do that, you know, I think uh, you know he's he'll he'll be pretty happy. Um, and obviously, getting some wins too. <laughs> <laughs> wins would help. Uh, Andrew Benintendi with us, Parkinson Spiegel, on the score. How much, you know, this is something that we in Sports Talk Radio or columnists or whomever will debate all the time. How much does a manager matter? Well, I think it matters a lot. Um, You know, obviously I'm not a manager. I know how to manage. I don't want to speak towards that too much. But, um, you know, playing for for guys, there's there's guys you, you know, I've I've had a good experience with the managers I've played for in my career. Um, You know, but as long as a guy, in my opinion, can keep it light, keep it fun. I mean, it's it's such a long season. You do the same things pretty much every single day. But so if you can find some way to keep it light, keep it fun, um, you know, that goes a long way. 
Do you consider yourself a batting average hitter who can hit for power? Or are you a, a, a slugger who has learned to hit for batting average? The home run numbers have fluctuated wildly. Tell us about you as a hitter from your perspective, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't really know at this point. I think that <laughs> what I'm working towards, what I'm working towards is just become a complete hitter um, that can do a little bit of everything. And um, obviously, you know, the, the power numbers have gone down, but somewhat by design. Um, obviously, playing Coffin Stadium, um, you know, I hate to make that excuse because I sound, you know, kind of soft doing that. But, um, you know, I'm a 5'9", 175-pound guy. So, you know, after spending one season there and I was flying out to the track where a lot of other stadiums would be homers, that's like I took a step back and was like, all right, what can I do differently, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, let me just try to focus on hitting more for average, get on base more, and, um, you know, maybe sacrifice a little bit of power. So I think maybe next year, I mean, adding that along with, you know, maybe better dimensions in a ballpark that the power will come back naturally. So, uh, you know, that's to be seen. That's interesting that it was a choice. Did you think the baseballs were screwy last year? We've heard lots of reports about different kinds of baseballs and power guys being disappointed last year. No, I have no idea. I, I try to stay out of that conversation, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm a huge power guy and I only hit what five. I mean, so yeah, the balls are definitely dead. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, uh, Andrew, yeah. so to, to, to speak to his previous question before the balls, you're like, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of all over the place with me. Uh, like, do you mean that? Or like, what, what do you expect from yourself offensively? Because you've done a little bit of everything, like you've said. Some of this is by design. Like I, I'm curious if you if you really mean that, or if that was just like a like an aside there. No, yeah, it's definitely. Um, I mean, I think that at this point, I, I'm just going to try to do whatever makes the team the best. Um, you know, I think for some teams they need me to get on base more. For some teams they don't. I. It's just basically whatever the team needs me to do, and I think there'll be conversations we have in the in you know spring training and and further down the road. Um, but you know at this point I'm just going to try to be the best hitter and best player I can be, and and go from there. But so that you, they haven't give you like we think that we need you to be an on base guy who's going to be our two hitter. That conversation hasn't happened. No, no, I, we haven't been in that much depth yet, but. Um, you know, I'm sure that those conversations will come along. You, you know, that Red Sox team that you're on when you guys won the World Series, like, had a bunch of hitters, including you, who seemed to be able to swing for the fences early in the count and then kind of become like a two-strike hitter with a contact sensibility. And it seems like the whole league wants people like that. But it's hard to be that, isn't it? It's, it's hard to do both. The way you talk about, it, talk about it, though, it sounds like that is the way you think, that you can kind of do whatever is needed for a team. That's pretty rare if that's something you feel able to do, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, especially for a guy like me, if I'm going up there striking out you know, 200 times a year, I'm, I'm essentially useless um, You know, because <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be hitting 40 homers. I'm not going to be driving in 120 runs. So, um, you know, for a player like me, that's just, you know, but especially, like you said, two strikes is try to put the ball in play, make something good happen. You, you know, there's a lot of ways to get on base. Um, doesn't always have to be a hit. So, um, but when you're when you're swinging a miss for a guy like me um, with two strikes and striking out, that you know, that's, that's really no good. So, so when you were coming up and it was you and Mookie kind of arriving together, and it's you and Mookie one two in a World Series lineup and all of that, like the tales of Mookie's athletic prowess. Have you ever seen him bowl a 300 game in person? Have you seen that? Have you, uh, like that guy could do anything. What's the most amazing thing you've seen Mookie Betts do uh, athletically? Well, 
I will say I, I've only bowled with him one time, and I'm not I'm not exactly sure what his score was. But I'll, I'll throw a little shade at Mookie. I think he can take it. Uh, the most impressive thing is how much time he takes in between each golf shot. Now I've only <laughs> I've only golfed with him a few times, but it is it's going to be a five and a half hour round. You better believe that. Oh, those are the worst guys to golf with. Is is he good? I'll have to shoot him a text saying I just said that in case he sees it. But yeah, I mean. It, <laughs> He will fire down about a, a 68, but it's going to take a minute. Wait a minute. These freaking guys, man, I'm telling you. I mean, yeah, just completely naturally gifted athletes and everything. Yeah, they're infuriating. But how do you play a five-and-a-half-hour round only taking 68 swings? I mean, you should get off the course in three-and-a-half hours if you're that good. That is what's impressive about it. <laughs> <laughs> so are, are you good? Oh, no, I'm a hack. I like to go out there and swing it around a little bit, but um, – no, I'm taking beaver pellets out of the ground. I'm, I'm actually tearing up a course. Man, a 68 in five and a half hours. It makes me think less of Mookie Betts, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so what else, are you looking for, what, what else are you looking forward to? You know, the ex- expectations on this White Sox team. You've, you've been in the spotlight, right? You've World Series, Boston, New York. You, you've handled spotlights before, but there is an expectation on this White Sox team. Do you feel uh, the pressure or expectation when you talk to the other guys on the team about how big of an upcoming season this is? Yeah, I mean, obviously you go in the season with one goal in mind. It's to, to get to the postseason and win the World Series. Um, but I think the one thing I've learned, at least from the time I've played, is you can't win it in, in spring training. You can't win it in July. Um, you just got to focus on one day at a time and um, you know, obviously it's an extremely talented team and, and everybody knows what the end goal is. So um, I think just the first step we got to take is just get out there to spring training and, and get things rolling and, and get that uh, camaraderie going again. Hey, hey, when you were in New York, I know it was just such a short time before the, the injury, but it, 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 did, did you get swayed by that short porch in right field and start thinking about becoming a lefty bomb hitter the entire time you're there? No, it is. It is. Uh, it was definitely a big change coming from Coffin to there. But uh, no, I mean, I've obviously played there a good amount. Um, you know, obviously playing for them, and then uh, back in Boston days. But you know, typically, if I try to swing for that fence, it's going to be a, a roll over the second baseman every time. So um, <laughs> you know, it, it's a you know, it gives them to take some away. So it's a. Uh, it, it was fun to play there for a little bit though, and have that short porch. Andrew, we believe this is the best food city in the world. Anything you want any style you want, any, any kind of restaurant. Um, g- give us your number one cuisine, and, and we can keep that in mind to give you a good recommendation. Oh, that's tough. See, I'm, I, I kind of – I eat the same, like, seven things every single day. Um, <laughs> every day. For the most part. But uh, I'm a big – I love the Italian food, which obviously Chicago has a great, great uh, selection. Um, but then you're just classic American, you know, cheeseburger, pizza, I love. Um, so, obviously a good spot in Chicago with all those things. Yeah, you're not going to have a problem. Yeah, you'll there. do just fine. In, you'll do just in, fine. In any way. So, wait, you eat the same seven things every day? I'm a pretty bland guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't uh, go out of my comfort zone too much. Okay. Well, expand your horizons well, a little bit. I might start this year. Yeah, this this might be a good time to start. I'm not convinced. You don't you don't sound like you're convinced either, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, Andrew, thanks, man, for coming on the show. Hope you enjoy Chicago. Hope to talk to you again soon. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Thank Andrew. You. That's Andrew Benintendi. How about that guy? He 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 knows that he could hit for a little more power if he wants to. 
Or he could sit in the front of the batting order and just, you know, get on base if yeah. he wants to. Must be nice. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> That that would be nice. I was just thinking about the idea of him being like, no, I mean, this year, this is going to be the year I'm going to expand my horizons. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. You're 28 years old. You're an adult. You've traveled uh, the country and likely the world. Mm. You've got millions upon millions. You get any door could open to you in great food cities, Boston and New York already. Yeah. Um, if you're not interested in trying exquisite cuisine, you're going to just be eating your cheeseburgers here too. Yeah. Uh, I'll find good ones. That's for sure. He makes the team better, though. Like it was, it was a, it was a nice ad. It's left lefty bat, get on base, and don't you think that's what he's going to be? At least the the design will be top I, of the top two spots in the order. I think, I think absolutely. I I think they're going to look at him and and go T A leadoff and Benintendi two, and you could. He was a three seventy three OBP guy last year. Yeah, and you can even argue depending on. Matchups, you go him one and and TA two, but it'll probably matter to Tim Anderson to be a leadoff guy. So that 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 could be a very nice thing as long as the power comes back from uh, some of the other guys where it wasn't there this past year. Wherever PD wants to hit him, maybe Shane can ask. Yeah, Bourbon and a Buddy tomorrow. Tomorrow with yeah. PD Grafal. Yeah, tomorrow right after the show, we're going to record. That's outstanding. So if you want to know anything about Pedro Grafal's personal life, go ahead and send it this way. I'll make sure to find out. I don't know if he's going to be as loose as Rick was. Rick, well, you and Rick have a relationship. Right. And, like, the fact that he agreed to do it, knowing that it's not really a baseball conversation, maybe he is interested in being a little loose. Do you have, like, some insights? Yeah. You, yeah, I've got some background. You got you got some, some conversational roads to go down? Mm-hmm. Nice. How long do you have him for? Probably, like, a half hour. That's, that's pretty great. Pretty good. Yeah. Do you think he will actually drink bourbon? I hope so. Hope you drink something. Yeah. Rick was so soft, wouldn't drink at 10 a.m. when we recorded. <laughs> yeah. My God. Yeah, that is very is he soft. He's trying to do live his life and do his job or something. Horrible. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Ben Intendi was uh, a nice guy, smart guy, but kind of a cautious interview. Yeah. And then he said at the end, he was like, I'm just kind of a bland guy. Yep. So, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking of. We'll loosen him up. We'll, we'll get him into rosemary, get some good Italian food, and, and we'll loosen him up. Yeah. It's, it's all right. I mean, he's, he's a ball player, man. He's, a, he's a, you know his high school player of the year, number seven overall pick. And, and those high school players of the year, notoriously bland. <laughs> Famously. <laughs> Always. I mean, the guy's been focused on being a ball player his whole life, and he's, he's still there. And that's okay. It's funny. I, you, do you consider rosemary Italian? I know they make their pasta and they have. It's Croatian, right? It's, it's Italian Croatian. Italian Croatian fusion. Just, yeah. just, just up the coast there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just don't. I mean, it's kind of a singular restaurant. I've never been to any place like. I mean, I, me telling you about rosemary is ridiculous. <laughs> but they got what, four pasta dishes on the menu? No, they got like eight. What? Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. They got a, a duck confit lasagna right now Ooh, that is unbelievable. Really? That sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. That does sound duck good. confit lasagna. I enjoyed our meal today. Thank you to Mitch Rosen for uh, hooking us up. I didn't the, think it was very good. You didn't? No. So maybe I won't mention where it came from. Then. <laughs> I was about to do that. That's interesting. Italian pizza fiesta. That trash. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't. No. Stop. No. 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 But I... Hey, everyone doesn't have to be a foodie. Jalen Johnson, not much of a foodie. He's just like, yeah, I just like my chicken tenders. Yeah. So, it's all right. Doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, Boomer Esiason, he told us, though, that it, that he would have taken us to really nice restaurants in New York. Don't think it's going to happen uh, anytime soon, but we'd like to hold him to it. What would he do with the number one pick 
Justin Fields if he was in Ryan Poles' position. We asked Boomer next on the score. My personality was to blame. What kind of call is that? I was not afraid to say what was on my mind. Boomer Esiason. Boomer Esiason. He's a quarterback. He's been there. He's been in Super Bowls. He's been in Pro Bowls. He's brought a lot of confidence. Host of Boomer and Geo. Mornings on WFAN. That's a Narpian take, just so you know. Narpian? Yes, yeah, non-athletic regular person. <laughs> 1988 NFL MVP. Dysfunctional franchises do dysfunctional things. That's all I'm saying. Analyst for the NFL Today on CBS. Former league MVP. Does he ever have anything not to say, Phil? About himself. That would be Boomer Esiason. Happy New Year, everybody. Hey, tick, tick, Boomer Esiason with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. Damn, I feel like it's been too long since I've talked to Boomer Esiason. Kind enough to be flexible with his time today. Joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. What's up, Boomer? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. I mean, the offseason runs through Chicago. They got their quarterback, we think. They've got the most cap space, and they have the number one pick. Uh, How do you feel like Ryan Poles is feeling right now? You know what? I think he's feeling pretty good, man. He's a Picasso and he's got, you know, he's got his own painting to paint. And I just think that it's a, an unbelievable opportunity. Who would have thought five weeks ago that we'd be sitting here talking about this? But you know, I was thinking that most people out there believe that they believe in Justin Fields. And this is what we think right now. And that they should trade the number one pick to one of two AFC teams that are dying for a quarterback. One would be Houston, the other one would obviously be Indianapolis, and they're right behind them. Wouldn't it be interesting if they made two trades? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, now you you're speaking my language, Houston. Boomer. Yes. Would, maybe you trade with Houston, and you go to number two. Houston can take Bryce Young if that's who they want. And now Indianapolis has you know, got a bunch of guys to look at, You know, whether it be Will Levis or C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson. They can go that way. And well, then you know, maybe they trade with the Colts. <laughs> And they drop down again, and they get some more assets. I mean, they, listen, there's a canvas to to be painted on, and I, if I were Ryan Poles, man, this is like a GM's dream. Yeah, and I was thinking the second trade might be to Seattle at five because if the logic is that you'd want to jump a team that needs a quarterback, assuming Arizona doesn't need a quarterback at three, you would need Seattle would need to then jump Indy at at four. But regardless, like you said, anything is possible. Would you? Uh, be committed to Justin Fields, or are you interested in a Will Levis or a Bryce Young? I think you got to talk to everybody. I think you got to do your due diligence like they would normally do. Um, and like Ryan said in his uh, you know, press conference, he obviously would have to be blown away. I think that's a nod to Justin Fields, not to insult Justin, not to think that you know, there's, there's all the insecurity of everything that's going on right now because Justin's shown that he's grown, shown that he has a respect of his team, showed how great of an athlete he is, but you still, you know, there's still a little bit of insecurity there. You know, like there are quarterbacks that are coming out and Justin was one of these quarterbacks that was coming out two years ago. And, you know, everybody's wondering, you know, is Bryce Young a can't miss? Is Will Levis a can't miss? You know, we don't know that yet. And I think that's why you got to go through all of the process of meeting these young men and understanding who they are as people and, talking to their college coaches and finding out as much about them as you possibly can. So if you do make a trade out of number one, like you hope that Bryce Young does well, but you know, you don't want him to become, you know, the next Patrick Mahomes and take Houston to the Super Bowl in two years. Uh, you'd like to think that you're passing on him because you'd like to think your quarterback 
is going to do it. So anything that you say publicly, you got to be really careful that you just don't want to agitate anybody or make feel anybody feel uncomfortable about what the future is in your mind moving forward. Have you looked at Bryce Young carefully and decided what you think about him yet, Boomer? You know, so I, you know, we met Bryce Young. He brought the Heisman Trophy in. We saw all the highlights. He's a really bright young man. Um, he's slight. He's small. He's the opposite of uh, what Justin is. I can tell you that. Um, he's about six foot. I, I don't, you know, I, we were trying to measure ourselves every time we get these kids in there. We try to, you know, compare them to us and how we are and how we look. And Coach Cowers, you know, interviewing them in front of us is kind of interesting. I, I will say this: that out of all the guys that have that have come in, I mean, I. You know, Joe Burrow was a can't-miss guy. Uh, you know, I didn't you know. Kyler Murray was small but was a great athlete. You know, Bryce is slight, is, is build. I mean, he's a little bit bigger this year than he was last year. You know, I, I worry about that, those kinds of things. I, really, I know it's a different game than when we played, but I have to say when Caleb Williams came in last month, I mean, he just blew us away. I mean, he literally blew us away. His size the way that he carried himself and he's only going to get a little bit bigger and then watching him in his bowl game this year, <laughs> you know, that that kid's a can't miss number one player. So I don't know if any of these guys fit in that category, you know, and I think we, we agree with that in terms of it's not an Andrew Luck draft or maybe what it will be with a Caleb Williams draft. So the opportunity to trade down and add at so many spots is, oh. is, is just remarkable. So it's got to be weighed uh, against whatever Bryce Bryce Young could be. Uh, and, and so w- what, what would be a failure? In your mind, what would be a failure if, it, if, if, if Ryan Poles comes out of this and just takes somebody at one and doesn't trade down? Is that a failure, you think, from the leverage perspective where he is? I, 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 I think so because I think that there are – you know, I'm assuming I'm going by what, you know, a lot of these different scouts. I'm not talking about ESPN. I'm talking about real guys that do this for a living – uh, within the NFL. I mean, most guys feel like there's four or five defensive players at the top of this draft that are going to be impact players in, in year one. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of stuff that Ryan Poles has to do. And with the salary cap, uh, you know, flexibility that he does have, he, he can make some really good, solid moves. You know, I always like spending money on guys that I, I know have a, you know, have like a, at least a seven or eight year future that have never been an issue wherever they've ever been and are guys that I know that I can count on if I give them, you know, 50 million guaranteed or whatever it's going to take. So, you know, that, that really like kind of makes my pool a little bit smaller um, what I'm going to end up spending on. So that's why I got to make sure that in this draft, they got to come out of this draft with like three to four, if not five extra picks because, I have a feeling that most people think that Bryce Young is a can't-miss player, and if that's the case, you got to make sure that you are leveraging that pick uh, as aggressively as you possibly can and come out of this thing with a number of picks that are in the top 50, in my eyes, including the first-round pick that you know the team is trading you. Boomer Esiason is our guest, Parkinson Spiegel, on the score there's a huge debate on like how to acquire a number one receiver. You know, your Bengals had the Panay Sewell, Jamar Chase question. The Eagles went out and traded for and then signed A.J. Brown. Now there's talk of DeAndre Hopkins, who's expensive and older. 
but I look at it as they still need to get Justin Fields a number one somehow, some way. What path would you be interested in doing that? Well, I, you know, first of all, I'd like to see if I could draft one like a Jamar Chase. You know, I don't know if that's going to be Quentin Johnson or maybe Jordan Addison out of USC. You know, again, you got to do your due diligence with these guys. The one thing I will say, Quentin Johnson jumps off the, the TV screen when you watch him. I mean, as big as he is and as fast as he is, again, but you got to meet the kids and you got to sit down and talk to them and you got to find out whether or not, you know, they're ready to take the next step. Like, you know, Kadarius Tony, when the Giants drafted him, I think that was like a, I, I, that was on Dave Gettleman's draft board to draft a wide receiver. He wanted Devontae Smith. You know, the Eagles traded up to get Devontae, and then he settled for Kadarius Tony. And Kadarius Tony never, ever fit in here for whatever reason, whether it be injuries or, you know, maybe he just wasn't comfortable here. And, you know, they just got out from underneath the contract and traded him away to Kansas City where hopefully he'll he'll find his game playing with, you know, the greatest quarterback, maybe the greatest quarterback we'll, we'll have ever seen when he gets done with his career. But, um, I, you know, these these young wide receivers, you can find them in the second and third round, too. That's, that's the beauty of it. Like, there are a number of guys in this draft that are going to be really, really good. And But I just think that the Quentin Johnson kid out of T- TCU seems like, you know, he's going to be a can't-miss player, and he is big and he is fast. And, and you know, you put him with a guy like Justin Fields, I, I, I would like to think that that's going to be really explosive. So, um, like, that would be a guy that you have to, have to consider if he's there with one of your high draft picks. You know, on the lower end of free agents, can you tell us real quick about Darius Slayton, the Giants wide receiver who had to take a big pay cut in order to stay and then seems to have proven a bunch this year? I've seen some good skills from him in flashes, but is, is that somebody who might get paid this offseason? And I'm wondering if the Bears should pay it. Yeah, well, he's going to get paid, but he ain't going to get paid that much. Right. I mean, you know, this, that, that's one of these quality kind of ads that, you know, could be a solid player for you. I mean, we have to see what he looks like in the, in the, uh, in the playoffs here. You know, Kadarius, I mean, Kadarius, they, they, they signed Kenny Galladay, who has done nothing here. And, you know, you don't want that either. You know, you want a guy that, you know, you think is going to fit in, uh, that's going to make your quarterback better. Uh, if you're going to pay somebody money, then they, they can't come in and be a pain in the ass. That's that's one thing, you know, and I know Darius has not been a pain in the ass here. He's been a really good kid. He's worked really, really hard. I don't, you know, I don't know how much money he's going to get in uh, in free agency. Like to me, the guy that I would look at, and it's unfortunate that it's not this year, it would be next year, uh, would be T. Higgins for the Bengals because the Bengals aren't going to be able to pay all those guys there. So that could be a trade and sign situation. You know, T, I'm sure, wants a new contract. He's going into the fourth year of a uh, of a deal where he was a second-round pick. So he he's not coming back next year on his contract. So maybe he's a guy that the Bengals end up trading because they're not going to be able to pay all those guys. And maybe they're looking, you know, for some draft capital, and he would be a guy that I would target, you know, with a sign, like sign him, but know that you're going to be, I mean, trade, but know that you're going to be able to sign him once you trade for him. Yeah, that's the uh, that that's the dream. The Bears just probably. I mean, if AJ Brown went for a first, you're not trading the first overall for T Higgins. So you need to trade down, pick up an extra first, and then trade that one for T Higgins in order to sign him. Right? That that that's yeah, probably multiple. Like, moves. Let's just say, I mean, like this is these this is what's going on in in Ryan Poles' office, which is awesome. I mean, this yep. is what you want when you're a general manager. This is like a dream come true. So, <laughs> and I mean, a sports radio imagine- host, by the way. Right, exactly, exactly. Could you imagine if they – let's just say they were able to make a trade for T. Higgins. Let's just let's say that happens. 
And then they had enough draft capital where they were still able to get another wide receiver out of this draft. Let's say it's Quentin, Quentin Johnson, or maybe they want Jalen Carter. Maybe there's somebody they're going to target and they're going to say, okay, we can't drop below this because this is the player that we want. Um, but they do get another, I mean, like they, the, the possibilities are endless right now. And that's, that's the beauty of accepting a job like they did, he and Eberflus, and then making the trades, you know, and the, the Khalil Mack trade and, and getting extra picks back and moving and up and down the draft board. This is going to be so much fun between now and the draft for the Bears. It's going to be amazing. And hopefully, you know, Ryan hits on the players that he needs to hit on, and hopefully Justin Fields is their quarterback. So they can use this draft capital to support Justin and, re, and redo this defense. You know, Boomer, this place got classed up a little bit today. Jerry Recco was in the building, part of your morning show. Yeah, he was uh, telling us uh, how you guys put him in a brand-new studio, but you had a lot of uh, CDs in there for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know where the <laughs> hell that stuff came from. Yes. He was, yeah, he was just saying, this place is great, how nice this is, and everything else. I'm like, you know, we have a pretty nice place here in New York. Yeah, I've been to the, uh, the FAN studios. They're, they're very nice. But you guys, you guys have upgraded from CDs? Uh, yeah, yeah. Bragger. We have, yes. Yeah, that's you know, matter of fact, I think the last CD I we saw, I think I threw it at our previous prom, uh, program director. <laughs> why? That's why why did you do that, that to Chernoff? Yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's not nice. You know what? We wrapped Chernoff in tinfoil too. By the way, <laughs> did you really? <laughs> you wacky yeah, morning radio guy. Oh god, <laughs> I don't. I don't think we could get away with that with Mitch Rosen. What, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, uh, probably I not. No, he was. So Mitch was actually described on our radio show today as like a, a, a higher up in the company, like a, a real mover and shaker. Is yeah. That, is that the case? Yeah. 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 He got named. He's, he's the he's the VP of BetQL now. So oh, oh that's a big job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boomer. It, it put us all in our place, too, because on his email signature now, uh, the top line is VP of BetQL and operations mm. manager of 670 The score. You know, he fits it in at the bottom. You know, that bet, that bet QL took 30 seconds away from my sports minutes. It pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and all of the listeners, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they don't make a lot of yeah. sense anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's tough sports to get a takeoff in 12 seconds. Boom. Uh, I'm Damon Amendolara. Well, yeah, the yeah. Bulls are going to win. I'm Damon Amendolara. <laughs> all right, who do you got winning oh, yeah, the Super Bowl? Oh, man, I... I, I I'm, I'm going to go with my, my normal pick. I picked San Francisco and Cincinnati, a, re, a, reboot, a reboot of uh, Super Bowl 23. There you go. I referenced the game yesterday. Poor, poor Tim Crumry, right? I'm so sorry. Yeah, he snapped his leg in the first quarter, man. Oh, it was ugly. <laughs> I know. And the thing about that, the thing about that, I'll tell you about this real quick. So, yeah, and he gets hurt. He's our nose tackle out of Wisconsin. He was like the 10th round, 10th round draft choice, and he was an animal. He was unbelievable. And he was a great wrestler as well as a nose tackle. And that's why I love wrestlers who play either defensive or offensive line. If that's a part of their, their resume, I want that guy. So anyway, uh, he snaps his leg in the first quarter. And I mean, it's one of those dangling things in the air. And it's oh. not, it's just really, really ugly. And he goes in the locker room and uh, we go in at halftime. I think the score was 3-3 or 6-6. I forget what it was. But we go into the locker room and he's sitting there. And I'm like, Tim, what are you doing? Because I'm not leaving the stadium until this damn game's over. Go out there and win the damn game. And, you know, then we come back in after the game's over, and he's still in there. He, you know, he had to have a rod placed in that. He had to had it, had it set. And he would not leave the building until the game was over. And you had it. You guys damn. had it. Until that damn Montana guy. 
trophy. Yeah, well, don't remind me that, please. I mean, I was supposed to go to Disney World, and I went to uh, Aruba instead. It was like the worst vacation I ever had. (laughs) Did you see John Candy in the stands? I did not, but I knew he was there. I didn't see him, though. Mm. All right, sorry, you know, we brought Joe this Montana up. Montana had to show his entire team before he went three, you know, three minutes right down the field and, and beat us. Yes, I know. Yeah, we know Thank you, you know. Guys. <laughs> <Appreciate> <laughs> All right, see you later, Boomer. Personal. First, first the sports minutes get cut in half, and then this. Sorry, Boom. <laughs> to beat me over the head with the idiot stick today. <laughs> see you, Boomer. All right, guys, have a good day. See All right, you. thank you for your flexibility today. <laughs> hey man, he's the one who picked the Super Bowl matchup. You know, it wasn't yeah, even it's a Holocaust fault. question. It's, it's, it's his, his fault. fault. Yeah, I like that the disdain for BetQL <laughs> travels. That is hilarious. Every BetQL show going to the Super Bowl, I'm with Boomer. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Boomer. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, sorry, we're we're late. We're late again. Uh, <laughs> my bad. Uh, coming up next. We have to get, we've been waiting to get to this story, this much to do about nothing Chicago sports story that we are made to mock. Next on the score T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus ATT and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.